Let me entertain you. Welcome to another episode of Let Me Entertain You, where I take you inside the minds of musical theatre. From the media call of Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street, I was thrilled to speak to Ben Mingay, who stars in the title role of Sweeney. Without further ado, my guest, Ben Mingay. <laughs> ben Mingay, congratulations. You're here for Sweeney Todd for the Sydney season. How are you? I'm fantastic. Fantastic. Very much looking forward to, uh, you know, giving Sydney audiences a bit of a fright. Yeah, definitely a fright. Can you tell me more about Sweeney Todd? Well, Sweeney Todd is uh, the story of the demon barber of Fleet Street, which, uh, you know, he uh, had a beautiful life in uh, London. Then he got sent away because this mean judge wanted to uh, take his wife and uh, daughter. So um, he got sent to Australia to uh, you know, break rocks and managed to escape 15 years later and came back and hell-bent on revenge. So good old story of revenge. <laughs> were you aware of the musical before you were cast? I was aware of it, but I didn't... Um, I actually had never really listened to any of it or seen it. Um, first time I did it was four, probably five years ago now and when Stuart called me up and said you know how about Sweeney I had always been told that um, I'd be a great Sweeney but I'd never actually listened to it so down the rabbit hole I went of Sweeney Todd and fell in love with it. Because you're playing the main title Sweeney Todd or Benjamin Barker. Mm. Yeah it's great like it's, it's a great character it's actually my, my favourite role to date so yeah I've been really having some uh, some fun with Antoinette in the room in particular because we've done it now three times together. So uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's such a great show, it's great music, it's a great story and the cast we've got here are fantastic. Tell me more about the fact that it's um, a musical that's a thriller. Now I've seen you on stage in different productions, in particular I know you can go to dark places because I remember seeing you on the stage for Officer and a Gentleman and there's a scene in particular that I seen you crack and it was amazing and I remember telling you and telling you the next time I saw you. So where did you have to go in researching this character? Well, I think, like, for me, I always like to do, like, a backstory on a character, even if it's not kind of written or out there. Um, with Sweeney, the way I prepared when I first sort of did it five years ago, um, I read through the script and then I tried to read up on different literature that was talking about Sweeney and about the story, about the character. There's a really good documentary with Stephen Sondheim talking through the show um, so you really get the, where he was trying to go with it. Um, and then I took that and then I sat down um, over, a, like it was just one night, I sat down and I wrote like 11 or 12 pages of backstory of Sweeney, like, you know, where he was born and, and what, what sort of family life he had and then um, how he became the barber. And it just, it just uh, you know, helps you set up the character and the relationships and how he would react in certain situations. And I think... For the darker stuff, um, 
you know, I, I went back to the concentration camp, the um, prison camp in Australia, and kind of imagined what it would be like for him coming from this beautiful life in London. Um, and of course, during that time while he was there, you know, the Industrial Revolution, all that sort of stuff. So he came back to this dingy, horrible London. And, and I think, you know, that backstory really helps in that and that, that torment and turmoil that he went through and then brought that back with him. So it helps to do that backstory. And I did the same with Officer and Gentleman. Backstory for, for Zach, that character as well. Mind you, I have more clothes on in this show, which, you know, is good or bad. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the main thing. I think it's that, that, that gives you that sort of um, motivation and um, tools to go into that place if you do a good backstory. It doesn't have to be true, but you know, as long as it works. <laughs> well, they say it's not based on a real thing, but what I liked in particular, I'm not sure if you came across this in your research, but Banjo Patterson actually did a, a verse on a barber that actually slit someone's throat. I yeah. love that idea of that parallel. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of things that, that kind of relate to Sweeney Todd. And I think what makes Sweeney um, particularly interesting and like a beautiful piece is the fact that um, Stephen Sondheim wrote it. Like, he's a great storyteller, but he's a, a musical genius. And I think, you know, if you, like when I first learned this role, it was the hardest role I've ever had to learn because, you know, the, within one phrase, the key signature will change, the time signature will change. Um, it's just, it's madness. So you, 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 when you actually nail that, it just really brings the music out. And I, and I always think back to, this is, you know, my childhood when I, you know, I found a guitar in the corner that used to be mum's guitar that, you know, somebody gave her. And, um, I used to sort of tinkle around on it and, and whatnot. And then I decided to like write some music when I was like 12. And it was such simple, like three chord, you know, Oasis type boring stuff. <laughs> and I, I actually recorded on an eight track recorder. Awesome. And I listened back to it later on in life and went, oh my God, how simple, like my writing was. And then yeah. you, you parallel that to you know, someone like Sondheim. And it just, it just goes to show you how, how much that adds to, you know, the whole story and the characters and everything else when you've got someone like Sondheim writing it. Great. I know he was like 23 and he already had three shows on Broadway. Madness. It is madness, and it's such, it is such a loss that you know he passed away. Um, I, I think you know Antoinette and I when we were doing the show the second time in Adelaide, mm. we, um, you know, we were really hoping that he might be able to come over and see us, but just a little bit too late. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the idea when you're talking about madness. Now the scene opens where um, he sort of comes off the boat. But then when Mrs. Lovett gives him the razor, so do you think he hops off as Benjamin and do you think he actually turns into Sweeney when he gets given the razors or vice versa? Well, I think, I think he, he hops off as Sweeney because he, he is changed. Like that whole sort of yeah. you know, trauma yeah. that he went through in the, in the prison camp, I think that definitely changed him. And there is this scene where, where he comes in from the cold into the pie shop and has that, uh, you know... That, that first scene with um, uh, Mrs. Lovett, and he kind of you know breaks down when when he's she's you know telling him about what happened to his wife and daughter, and there's that line in here in there where she goes, um, you know, it is you, Benjamin Barker, and I just flip out and say it's not Barker, it's not Barker, it's Todd now, it's Sweeney Todd, and that's a real, you know, that that moment of kind of saying, well, yeah, no, Benjamin Barker's well and truly gone, and. Yeah. This Sweeney Todd is, is what's in place now. 
Do you think the time signatures and the change actually helps with the character and the madness? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's very hard to learn. Like, I was cursing sometime when I first learnt it. But it's, it's fantastic. Like, when it's right, it's, it's amazing. And I think, you know, with music, like anything, I think it's always, like, it's good to kind of shock the, the listener or the audience. And I think this piece just does that all along. Like, there's, there's so many things that you'll kind of, when you first hear it, you'll be like, oh, is, is that right? But it is. Mm. And then you, you kind of, at the end of the piece, it's just, it's just all... It is harmonious in the end, but it's it's quite complex. So yeah, it makes it very interesting. Now I also saw you in Shrek. You played mm. Shrek in Shrek the Musical. Right. Now that was a couple of yes, that was a couple of hours of um, prosthetics and costume. And I remember talking to you about what comes first and how you get into character. Have you noticed that with this role in particular, what comes first and how you get into character? Well, I remember when I did um, Jersey Boys many years ago now um, at the Theatre Royal. And <clears throat> I remember we had these beautiful tailored suits um, and they were just beautiful suits. And I remember um, when we were talking with uh, the um, director and, and the creators and everybody and they were, they were kind of, you know, saying how, you know, don't overthink the, the preparation of getting into character. You'll find that when you get in the suit and you kind of look at yourself in the mirror all suave and all, you know, you just you are the character, and I've found that really worked, especially with Jersey Boys and and with um, Shrek. It was the same thing, but even more so because you're looking in the mirror at this huge green ogre. Um, so for me, that that process of um, three hours in makeup mm. was basically just you know just thinking about um, thinking about Shrek and and um, sort of trying to just calm before the storm because that mm. was quite a full-on show. Um, and with Sweeney in particular as well, because got this really cool sort of smoky eye, mm. this dark thing and the scar. And I think once that's all on, and I and and the thing in Sweeney for me is, is the gloves. Like the gloves are just that sort of final thing, and I put them on, and then it's like, all right, I'm Sweeney, this is this is it. And yeah, I just find I'm I'm in there. <laughs> yeah. People sort of say, I, I have to, I have friends that know that I was interviewing you today and they have to ask, you were on Frayed, is season three going to come? Well, that's what everybody seems to be asking. Um, I, I know that Sarah Kendall um, has written it or is writing it, um, so I, I, I'm pretty sure it'll happen, but I just don't know when. I think it's one of those things where, you know, she she's ready to go with this whole other story. And the beauty about Frayed is... Like, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be in chronological order. Like, you know, we flash back quite a bit in season two. And it, I know talking to Sarah when we were filming season two, she said that, you know, it could even, you know, jump forward or jump further back. But forward would be better because we're all a bit older now. Um, so, yeah, I, I reckon something will happen. I just don't know when. I mean, Sharon Stone even tweeted it. Are you going to get her on board? Well, that was, that was you know, I got a call from um, Sarah Kendall. This was last year or earlier on in the year. And um, she just said, I had to call you and, and let you know. I've just had a two and a half hour meeting with Sharon Stone and the producers from over here because it's, Sharon was like, it's the best show I've ever yeah, seen. I, I love tweet. it and I want to be part of it. And um, she did actually say that she, her storyline, she wanted to um, have something to do with good old Jim. Yes. So me, the little boy in me went, oh my God, Sharon Stone, <laughs> basic instinct. <laughs> yes. But yeah, we'll see. She was talking a lot about wigs, so who knows where she wanted to go. <laughs> What do you think is going to be the final moment when you come to Sydney? 
the final moment? Well, you've travelled around. This is this show's been going since 2015, um, off and on with COVID, and yeah. you've been playing in is it Adelaide and Perth. Yeah, so we started in, in Perth, WA. Yeah. And then we did Adelaide. And, um, yeah, Sydney. Sydney's going to be great. I think, you know, when we were doing it there and, you know, we'd post some stuff on social media or there'd be press about it, um, everybody from Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane were like, well, when are we going to get a turn? So I think this is... This is great, and I know that, you know, you, you always know that you're onto something special when, mm. you, you, you know, other shows I've done in the past, generally you kind of, you know, you have a few people, friends and family or whoever, or acquaintances or randoms on Facebook sort of going, oh, I would love to come and see the show, how do I get tickets and da-da-da, but this one, just everybody I speak to, like even my accountant I was talking to the other day, is <laughs> like, I booked Sweeney Tide tickets, you know, like, so everyone's on board, they all, they all don't want to miss out. And of course, you're a Newcastle boy, so hopefully everyone from Newcastle is going to come down and see yeah, you. Yeah, they're already booked. <laughs> they're booked. Like some of the shows are half booked with my Newcastle friends and family, which is great. So, do you have a process of rehearsals? What do you learn first? Do you learn the script in particular, or do you try and do your research? Well, I think like I don't like to like, obviously like to be familiar with the script and and the music before I go in, but I also find that you know until you get in the room with the director. Mm and your other castmates, you, you kind of want to leave it a little bit free so that you can create something in the room. It's like when when you sort of get off at a roll and, and you prep for it, I always avoid watching archivals of other shows or other people doing these characters because mm. I just, I'd rather create it off the page and my own interpretation and then Stuart will tell me if it's wrong. So yeah, that's the way to go. And do you have a favourite song out of this musical? Um, I do like a lot of them, but in particular, I like my friends, like that first moment when he's singing about his raises. Um, and I suppose the, the ballad, like the, the, the opening ballad, it's so powerful. Like, I'll, I'll never forget every show. I'm behind these, um, you know, um, sliding doors, huge sliding doors. And I'm just behind there, just ready to go. And, and I can hear the, the orchestra belting out the tune and then and then all the cast are on stage singing and then it just ramps up and ramps up and then on the and the doors open and there's smoke and the lights and out I pop it's just it's an amazing feeling wow yeah oh look I'm really excited to see this show but I'm really excited that you did all this backstory anything else you want to share that we may want to see little nuggets or easter eggs that you might want to pull through the show well I just I mean I think the, the, the most interesting thing that I find in the show, in particular with, um, you know, is the relationship between Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney. I think if you, um, you know, if you really sort of follow that, pay attention to that, there's just so much complexity to that relationship. There's constant shift of power between the two of them. And I think it's just so much more interesting than just having, you know, a bad guy and a bad girl or whatever. And I think you, that... I always, and I know Antoinette does as well, we always try and find the, the redeeming qualities of each character so that, you know, you kind of love and hate them. It's not just all oh, bad guys yelling and screaming and cutting throats. Do you think Benjamin would have actually been with Lovett had he not been Sweeney? No, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think so at all. I think, the, you know, they come together because of this, you know, situation. Mrs Lovett is the ultimate, you know, manipulator. Yeah. So she's an entrepreneur. She sees a business opportunity. And I think, you know, in Sweeney's heart, I don't think he, he would ever have done anything like this. It's just, 
the madness that he, he you know he's turned into this monster because of his revenge and his pain. Is there any redeeming features to Sweeney? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think that's that's definitely what I aim for. I think, you know, you've got to try and um, help the audience understand where he comes from. It's you know, and why he's doing what he does. And I think you, you know, it's easy to play a, a bad guy. By just, um, you know, somebody told me years ago when I I did a um, a workshop with um, John Mildred, it was, and um, at, at um, Fox Studios there. And I'd never had any acting coaching or anything like this. And, and I remember he said to me, I'll never forget the two things he said to me was, um, you know, always look for the organic truth in a, in a piece, which I've always, you know, just strived for. And um, the other thing he said was, um, you know, to try and play against these, you know, um, stereotypical, um, you know, facets of a character. Like, for instance, if you're playing an angry, you know, you know, monster or whatever. Don't just scream and yell. And there is a bit of screaming and yelling in this, but there's also a, a, a lot of quiet. And I think that's that's the thing I like to kind of focus on is just making the character three dimensional, with good and bad qualities. And then, you know, there's a lot of power in stillness, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's the key. I think, you know, um, a lot of people try and overcompensate for that on stage and particularly on screen. But I think if you know, if, if you've got the character, you're in that body, uh, then stillness is definitely key. I mean, obviously, if you want to hit the dress circle, you've got to do some bigger <laughs> gestures, but, yeah, it's definitely the way to go. Well, thank you so much, Ben. Ben Mingo starring as Sweeney Todd in the Sydney season of Sweeney Todd at the Opera House. I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see you there. This has been Let Me Entertain You, Inside the Minds of Musical Theatre. Thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe and tell your friends. But most importantly, go and see a show. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Nice to be in orbit.